From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. A special welcome to those of you joining us uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great privilege to be able to join you every week on the uh, Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And, uh, Elaine, it's hard to believe that we're already in December. I mean, just a Almost, couple of days, yes. we crossed the line. Absolutely. And I'm still stuck back in August. Oh, uh, we won't say. Yeah, in fact, I'm probably back, stuck back in 1996. Or something that or, yeah. or, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all that to say, uh, again, we, we thank you for being yes. with us. Just a reminder, friends, if you'd like to find out about new opportunities to serve, why uh, visit our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy deal there, and it'll take you right to our daily update page where uh, Elaine uh, provides uh, new opportunities to serve several times a day. And uh, thank you for those of you who are responding to those needs. In fact, uh, if you're interested and you have people who would like to know more about advancing vibrant communities and our connections with opportunities to serve, we have a luncheon every month. In fact, just had one today. We had a fantastic luncheon. That was a great time. Absolutely incredible. And uh, we give you free food. Free. That's a a So all the pastors going, okay, I'll I'll come now. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next one is on the uh, Tuesday, December 11. Yes. It's uh, from noon to 1 p.m. You find out what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And uh, just a, a great time. And, again, we provide you with a light lunch there. Again, that next one coming up on December 11. If you'd like to contact us uh, for that or any other reason, please give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Now let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak. The body found strangled next to the mosque belonged to Sunday Nache Achi. He was studying architecture at the university and was president of the campus ministry of the Evangelical Church of West Africa. After three Muslim students dressed in traditional jihad clothing came to his dorm room, Sunday's roommate warned him of their threats. But he already knew the risk of being a Christian in that place. After his death, one student declared, we must be prepared to die for evangelism. I see in the Bible examples of many who had to lay down their lives for the gospel. Why not me? Why not you? For more stories of courage from the Voice of the Martyrs, Go online to persecution.com. You know, friends, and as uh, as we talk about enduring uh, tribulations and, and troubles, 
uh, just a reminder that uh, God uh, provides hope and uh, that we discuss that right after the Lighthouse Live program. Amen. is uh, yes. We have a, a little series, half-hour uh, broadcast that we call Return to Relevancy, and uh, we're going through Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. And so immediately following this broadcast tonight, you're welcome to join us uh, at about 7.15 or so, and and uh, we'll be going through chapters 12 and 13 of Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. And just before we get to Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute, we want to remind you that he and his team will be out here on Tuesday, February 12th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Registration starts at 9.30. It'll be at the uh, Doubletree Hotel here in Modesto. A great opportunity. Uh, if you're in ministry, if you're uh, in the administration of a nonprofit agency or of a church, uh, this is the seminar for you. It talks about the legal aspects of what we do. And especially if you're in the HR departments, uh, this is a must Great free information. I mean, here's an amazing thing. It's a fun time with lawyers yes. and, and a productive time it, with it lawyers. It can happen, and we know yeah, it Yeah, happen. well, we we're being facetious here, right? But, but it's happened before. But we it, know it, that. it does, yes. and it, it, it is really a fun time that they make uh, the, this whole legal aspects of, uh, of the ministry just a, a fun time. Again, that's uh, t- a Tuesday, February 12th, 9.30 in the morning till uh, 1 p.m., and again, a free lunch. Free. You know, there are free lunches. Yeah. <laughs> and Brad Dacus and his team will talk about some of the new cutting edge laws that affect us in ministry and what we need to know and some tools that we can use, uh, to be able to operate legally in the nonprofit and, uh, church industry. Again, that's Brad Dacus coming, uh, church seminar, of Tuesday, February 12th. Give us a call if you'd like to attend. Now here's Brad Dacus with his update. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. A town in Michigan has arbitrarily revoked a church's permit, prompting Pacific Justice Institute to join a federal lawsuit to regain the church's right to minister to those in need. You see, Grace Community Church's ministry to low-income people evolved into providing temporary housing and counseling in Lenox Township. Expansion of this work required a bigger facility, which they found in a former seminary in the area. Now, the town granted a permit for this purpose, as well as for worship. Then, it allowed only worship. Next, it allowed only the house Housing and counseling. Finally, in 2005, it revoked the permit altogether. This is a classic example of local officials being the biggest obstacle to church growth. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about the Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Or, friends, you can also call them toll-free at one 305 That's one 305 9129. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you here on Lighthouse Live, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, our uh, prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl with us, and the ever-ready bunny of ABC, (laughs) Big John Engel, here with us as well, and some special guests that we'll introduce in just a moment. Absolutely. Let's take a a look first at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, the Lindahan List this week, coming up this Saturday, and we are geared and ready for this, are we not, Mr. Owl? <laughs> of course, we're talking about the uh, city of Modesto's annual celebration of lights parade. Pastor Mike's got the fire truck you bring all the ready diesel, to go. We'll bring the truck. Vroom, 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 all that good stuff. This Saturday, friends, uh, December first at five thirty uh, in downtown Modesto, thousands and thousands of spectators will be enjoying this year's storybook holiday as the theme. 
going to be featuring uh, local children's authors as grand marshals. Uh, now, what is needed, and this is this is where we need you to listen, approximately 70 volunteers uh, to help out with the parade setup and to kind of strategically uh, place the floats in the staging area and, and the route marshals and, and security uh, barricades and road closures and all that good stuff. Volunteers uh, need to be at least 18 years of age uh, and able to stand for long periods of time, as well as everybody <laughs> who participates, uh, and available uh, from 12.30 to 7 p.m. All volunteers are asked to attend the orientation lunch, and I assume that's a free lunch. Uh, they also get a T-shirt uh, for the event, so... Uh, this is a cool thing. So if you can volunteer to help set up for the parade and help out with the route and everything, uh, you might want to want to consider that. Uh, the Salvation Army Christmas Kettle Campaign 2007. Uh, this is uh, asking for friendly, enthusiastic individuals needed to help raise funds for the Salvation Army Christmas Senior Basket Programs and January Relief Efforts. Uh, people, families, and groups are invited to be a part of this traditional holiday campaign by staffing a Christmas kettle and ringing the bell. Do we have a bell we can ring? No, I guess yes, not. Anyway. I've had my bell rung <laughs> once. <but laughs> we, I, don't know if we can, I don't know if we can talk out. about that. But anyway, uh, ringing the bell to solicit donations from holiday shoppers outside local businesses throughout Ceres, Hillmar, Modesto, and Turlock. Uh, agency staff will set up, provide training, and pick up the kettle and donations after each shift. Flexible day and evening shifts are available through December 24th. That would be Christmas Eve. So that would, might, might be something you might want to uh, consider doing. And then the YMCA of Stanislaw County, uh, getting ready and gearing up, lacing up those running shoes for the Christmas tree run. This is an annual event. The YMCA of Stanislaw sponsors this fun, healthy event Saturday, December 8th this year to raise needed funds. How do they get program. the trees to run? I don't That's know. That I would be a good question, and I'm happens. sure that uh, they would love for you to find out. So I'm I think sure. you should uh, put on those tennis shoes, as it yeah. were, and uh, go check it out, Pastor Mike. Volunteers the Trees will probably beat me if I put on the tennis <laughs> No doubt at the time they're doing this, because it's early morning, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oh, please. <laughs> kind of counts you out, doesn't it? Needed to help set up prior to the event and uh, to assist with the registration, uh, direct runners, and monitor the race course refreshments and kind of help with the cleanup after the event. The YMCA, of course, putting Christian principles into practice through the programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. Friends, if you have any questions uh, regarding any of these items, please give our friend Barbara Borba a call. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, again, 524 extension 113 or you can always give us a call at 209-544-9571 and we also want to pass along a, an announcement that we received today from one of our uh, attendees at the ABC luncheon um, it's Give the Gift of Life. Dennis Boyce is a good friend uh, and a Modesto physician here in our community, and uh, he has leukemia. And there's going to be uh, a bone marrow drive happening this coming Sunday, December 2nd, taking place at the Grace Lutheran Church in Modesto. That's at 617 West Orangeburg Avenue. And uh, if you're interested uh, in donating, uh, that now would be the time to do that. So, again, that is this Sunday, December 2nd, taking place at Grace Lutheran Church from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at uh, 617 West Orangeburg Avenue. Uh, give the gift of life. You could save Dennis's life. And once again, this is for Dennis Boyce. So we would just ask you to uh, prayerfully consider that, and uh, that would be a great thing. 
Well, you know, when temperatures are cold outside and uh, you become tired and weary and lots of bodies are hungry and cold, there are some folks in downtown Modesto who are compassionate, caring, and uh, have some services to offer and also with some needs from our community as well. And here with us tonight to share from their hearts to ours is Karem Valenzuela, Sylvia Souza, and Doug Lilly. And we just want to thank you all for coming and sharing with us here on Lighthouse Life. They are here from the Salvation Army Berberian Center Homeless Shelter at 9th and D. want to welcome all three of you to Lighthouse Live. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here because we know you are all very, very busy. And we're under new management, are we not? So to speak, would you would you say we're kind of under new management a little bit? We've had you on the show before, maybe not all of you, but uh, some new faces, and uh, we just want you to share a little bit. Karim, maybe you can kind of start us off and, and tell us how the new season is shaping up, because you opened up in November, and we are well into November, as we've established. Yes. We're almost at December. How are things going? Well, things are going really great right now. Um, we open on October, actually, at the end of October, October 29th. And um, in the beginning, we had just a few people, but now we get about 105 to 115 people okay. every night. So, yes. So we're having a lot of clientele. <laughs> Each night you're feeding dinner yes. to, uh-huh. to these these people yes uh and we don't make uh we don't we're not the ones that prepare the food for them unless we don't have anyone to cover us for that night but churches uh in the community come in and feed the people which is very nice you know we've had uh, a long history of a lot of volunteers who have uh, participated in that yeah and uh, in fact uh, lee uh, has one of the most precious stories, yes. and, and we'll just review that here quickly. She, uh, and this was what three years ago, yes, maybe. Yes, uh, yes. I think it was the first year that it opened. And um, <clears throat> Lee, one of our volunteers, said, "Well, yeah, I'll, I'll volunteer, and and our church will volunteer." And and she uh, uh, goes and talks to her pastor, and her pastor says, "Oh, well, we're we're busy doing an evangelism program that night. We we can't go down and feed feed the homeless." And Lee okay. just struggled with this. And uh, she was struggling with God, you know, and, and so, well, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe I need to cancel. And she says, no, these people are counting on me uh, to, to feed them. And so she began praying uh, about what, how, how God was going to provide that. And uh, so as, as she's praying, she's walking uh, down a, a driveway, a sidewalk and a business driveway there, and a, a bread truck pulls up to make a delivery. And uh, so she stops and she asks the uh, the person, well, uh, you know, you have any old bread or whatever that you might be able to let me have? And he says, no, but I can give you fresh bread. And he provides her bread. Isn't this cool? Oh, and, and then better. there's a, call that, a car that pulls in front of her. And uh, it, it turns out some people that she knows. And, and she gets to, to talking to them a little bit and turns out that he works for Save Mart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, and she explains this problem where she's got to, you know, this Sunday night, got to feed over a hundred people. And he says, well, no problem. Just, you know, we'll provide you with hot dogs and everything. So, you know, God provided the hot dog buns and, That's right. and rolls and, and uh, all these different. And she says it really was like the loaves and fishes, you know, that God provided and she had all the help that she needed, uh, come Sunday night. 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and we have had just so many, including some of our members of our board uh, of directors, have gone down there and brought their families. Uh, they prepared the food off-site. They bring it in and, and serve it. And it has been, and, and I know it's a blessing to those who get to eat, but the real blessing is to mm-hmm. those who give and, and participate and, and bring their families and, and really make a family time out of it. Uh, it is a precious time. You know, when, when a family be, uh, is able to take advantage of that opportun- opportunity. So we, we not only want to thank you for mm-hmm. doing what you do uh, to serve the homeless in the city, but also thank you for providing the opportunity for many believers in this city to get outside the four walls and begin to enter into a relationship with people who need to Jesus- see Jesus Christ in action. It is such a God thing. And Sylvia, Souza, I know that you probably, every day she hears the phone ring, oh, no, it's Elaine again. I know what she wants. <laughs> Grab the calendar, and we update uh, for our website the dates that remain open so that volunteers can take advantage of the feeding dates and sign up to do just what Pastor Mike was explaining, to no, do the feeding. I'm glad when you call because <laughs> then I can tell you what days we need help. And there are several days that are still open. Well, so. you know, yeah, and, and we do. We just we just so appreciate the fact that you guys are there. And, and even though we have some new faces at the shelter and, and we put the name Berberian, I, you know, I, have a, I struggle with that, Ber- Berberian. Okay, whatever, whatever. (laughs) I struggle with that name, Um, and Doug's laughing. (laughs) It's it's a great name. It is a great, great name. You know, I love that name. Nice and deep. It's it's a great service that you have there for these people, and it seems like each year more and more people are coming there and into the cold season now. And Doug Lilly, uh, so glad that you could join us tonight because I've heard that you have uh, an incredible story and a testimony. And uh, how did you come uh, to be connected with um, the center there? Uh, Well, I was homeless myself. I was staying in a shelter in Turlock, and I heard about the job and the new shelter opening up here in Modesto, and applied for it and I was able to get it and I've been there almost four years now mm-hmm. I've been there day since day one so I've done a lot <laughs> but it's, I enjoy doing it. It, it I worry about the clients when they're hit there or mm-hmm. when they're not there mm-hmm. or when they don't even show up that's the hard part is when they don't show up you understand so. where they're coming oh, from. Oh, yes. When someone walks in off the street, yeah. you know where they're And they from. remind me of it every day, and they never let you forget it. So I'm just glad I could do it. Doug, why don't you give us that, that perspective a little bit. What what goes on in, inside of you when you first walk into a shelter? You know, what what's going on in your head and your heart as as uh, you you approach those doors? It really just depends on the person. You know, if it's the first time they've been homeless, they're scared. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do or where to go. Mm-hmm. But if you've been a long, you've been homeless a long time. You know, most of them don't worry about it. You know, they just really want a place to stay and change of clothes and mm-hmm. a place to clean up and get out of the cold. That's the main thing. So, yeah. but they're ha- most of them are very appreciative of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, but. We do everything we can for them. Sometimes we can't, but yeah. well, and and you know, in very um, simple beginnings, really, and yet uh, the door has been opened 
uh, through a, a lot of folks' generosity and, and originally a partnership with the city and uh, the Barbarians playing a, a tremendous role in, oh, yeah. in this process uh, and, and great vision uh, down the line a little bit, a lot of improvements being made and and uh, some really cool stuff coming uh, coming down the pike. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about the future of the shelter. Well, we're still waiting for construction to start on mm-hmm. the new one, but eventually... We'll have uh, separate dorms for men and women, mm. and we'll also have a place for transitional housing folks. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. So it should be around 125 wow. by then. Amen. And then we'll have different offices for different agencies that come in every week. So the clients have don't have to travel so far. They can come in one spot. And most importantly, we'll have showers finally. <laughs> I was going to ask about the showers. Yeah, finally. Yes. We yeah. get that question a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do. Every year they keep saying yes. showers are coming, and yes. we just... Now, Turlock has showers, is that correct? Uh, United Samaritans okay. does, but right. not at the yeah. shelter. Okay. So. Mm. Yeah. Are there a lot of obstacles to overcome with the changes that you see that you want to take place? Are you having to overcome a lot of obstacles. A lot of prayer, probably. Yeah. A lot of prayer. A lot of yes. prayer. <laughs> yes. yeah, it's just getting everybody to cooperate and, you know, getting on the same page and everything. Once that happens, mm-hmm. we should be all right. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the lives you see change that come into the shelter there. Oh, man. Uh, man, there's, you know, the first year we had over 70 people housed. And unfortunately, every year since then, it's decreased Mm. we don't know why but it has you know there's still people there from the first year who are still at the shelter Mm. I don't know if they're just not sure how to what's the next step or if they're just scared to take the next next step or just afraid to ask for help or something I don't know and also because the amount of money that they get the one that do work or they get any type of um, services from the from the community or the government mm-hmm. it's not enough for them to survive outside right. Right. because rent is so high and then utilities and food and everything else so they well for what they get they really don't have enough either so Karim, you're that's so another, right that's another obstacle right there we get calls from some of these people that can't pay their utility mm-hmm. bills, can't can't pay the high price of, of the cost of living, yes. and many of them do work. And they it's, juggle. Yes. It's like, what do we do this month? Do we pay our utility bill? Do we buy our medications? Or, you know, what do we do with food? So there are many places in the community that I've found that you can't eat for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I had once run into a homeless person a few years back and he was out looking for handouts and I said yes I would like to take you to get you something to eat could you meet me somewhere or whatever and he actually said yes and he said but you know what he goes you can go anywhere in this town and if you run across anybody who says they're hungry then they just don't know where to go because you can eat more than three meals a day in this town for free if that's part of your um, needs and like what we're saying here at the shelter as well, a lot of times they'll come in and um, that's what they're there for. They're just to get out of the cold, to have a meal, place to lay their heads, and to talk to people. I found since I started working there a year ago, some of these people after they're checked in and we walk around and talk to them while they're eating, and they're 
probably go all day without talking to anybody because they mm. they just don't know who to trust. They don't know who to contact <laughs> with. They'll read the Bible. They'll read their books. But they're pretty much secluded by themselves. So when they join us at the shelter, um, I like to walk around and, and sometimes they'll open up and tell a story or they're, you know, just happy to see us. And every night when we're there, it's now, it's like, hello, it's nice to see you again. And when I leave, I always say goodbye and we'll see you tomorrow. And they're, they like that. They love to have someone communicate with them and, and treat them like family. I think a lot of it, that's what it is. So. I've learned a lot in a year, and I'm very happy to be where I'm at. They so. really want relationship, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. They just don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. Well, and, they, and that's a huge issue on the street is, is trust yeah. mm-hmm. because it, it's, a, it's a scary place in many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk a little bit about uh, how that trust is developed over time. How do you uh, engage the first-timer and allow that to, uh, that a relationship to build? You just got to – let them know that you're there mm. and that you do care about them, you know, and that you're available to talk to them or just listen to them and try and help them any way they can. It just takes time, you know. Sure. Over time, they'll start to trust you and they'll start opening up to other clients and they'll understand, you know, that they can trust you. You just got to give them time. That's mm. usually what it takes. Mm. It's hard for them sometimes. Sure. Consistency also. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's Helps. the main thing. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine in, in a life where um, things are so much in turmoil and, and change is so much part of uh, your life that uh, things that you can count on are probably very few and far between. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long they, as they know we're there, you know, that's it's one constant thing is we're there all the time. They know they can come to the door even when we're not open. So. Mm-hmm. so there's some stability there, right, yeah. Doug? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And after a period of time, they Amazing. they build up that yeah. trust <laughs> and that relationship begins to yeah. solidify, and that's that's yeah. that's a good thing. So they come with, with several needs. They have <coughs> needs for clothing, and you can provide that, right, mm-hmm. through donations. And yay, we're glad to be Thank a you. part <laughs> of that. Thank you all. <laughs> and, and right now is a good time for people to donate warm clothing, and we want to emphasize that to people who may be listening, that this is the time of the year where uh, coats, sweaters, scarves, gloves, and, and things of that nature, shoes, socks, mm-hmm. Those kinds of things would be a, a very welcoming space. Especially men clothing. Men, yes. yes. <laughs> we have so many good. men in just a few little clothing, yeah. But um, we do get a lot for, from the community. It's, it's wonderful. So all yeah. sizes? Uh, all sizes, okay. yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And how, how can people do that? Uh, well, um, you know, just go through their closets and drop it off at the Salvation Army Barbarian Homeless Shelter in 329th Street. Nine and right there. We'll be, uh, we'll welcome them at any time and anything they have, really, because everything is helpful. I always call first. Let me see if I get this right. Five two five eight six nine eight nine My fingers do the walking. I Why don't you call do that first. one again? <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, Doug. It's five two five eight nine five four. Got it. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a very good thing for our people to consider. Clean out your closets. If you haven't used it in over a year, chances are you're not using it. Donate it to someone uh, who can. What about medical needs? How is that addressed? 
through uh, Golden Valley and Corner Hope. They usually, they've been last year. They start coming once a week, and they're doing it again yeah. this year. And we also send them for referrals over there when they don't show up. So, mm-hmm. or we'll direct them to the hospital or MIA. It's about yeah. all we can do right now. Also, Public Health came by um, last week, and they also offer their help, too. If we have somebody to send in for any medical reason, we just can we can just um, have them go there, give them the address, and send them there. Usually, we give them a, um, some type of um, a note that they're coming from the shelter, a referral. And basically, that's, uh, for me, for example, going back to how we communicate with people, that's my way of communicating because um, I try to look what's out there in the community. And, yes, most of them do know what's out there for them. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are not, especially the ones that are new. And so that's how I approach them and uh, talk to them if they need anything to just let me know. And little by little, people are opening up. Um, there's this one case that when I first started to work there about a year and a half ago, no, almost two years ago, actually, um, at the shelter. And, um, I was, uh, very much talking to the Spanish people, most of it, because I do speak Spanish and nobody there spoke Spanish besides me, all the staff people. And so I offered them what was available for them out there. And, um, little by little, they began to open up until... One of them actually told me um, his story crying, actually, that mm. he was HIV positive. He had some venereal diseases, and he had nowhere to go, no family or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I went out there in the community, basically, and I began to ask where were things available for him. I was able to find it, and um, now he's no longer homeless. He has wow. um, housing. And um, he used to use drugs. He no lo- he's no longer using drugs, so he's recovered. And um, it's, I mean, it's, I'm really happy to hear that he's doing really well. Praise Amen. God. Yeah. That's awesome, Karen. Yeah. What a great, great story. That's yeah. the way you want to see it turn out for so many, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. What a wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, I don't know if you guys have... Uh, heard his version of Bridge Over Troubled Waters or not, but Michael W. Smith uh, does a fantastic uh, job with the song, and let's enjoy it together, and we'll be back with more of Lighthouse Live. When you're weary Feeling small Oh 
Awesome. We mm. were uh, just briefly talking uh, during during that and saying that, you know, probably only Michael W. Smith could take a classic like that and and touch it with the talent that God gave him, and and really rebirth that song 
in, in a new way. That is absolutely just Friends, that's yeah, off of the Healing Rain CD, mm. and I, I tell you, uh, that's, that's awesome stuff. As we just, uh, that's perfect for, for tonight's <laughs> guest. And uh, friends, we're visiting with uh, our dear friends from the uh, homeless shelter, the Salvation Army. Do I have to say that word? <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Sylvia say it. The homeless shelter at 9th and D. And just so glad to have uh, Sylvia and Karim and Doug with us. And uh, the wonderful service that they provide the homeless uh, in our community here. And, uh, you know, we have people listening, you guys. Uh, our footprint of this podcast broadcast goes all over the world, basically anyone around the world who wants to listen. So I just thought you would like to know that. <laughs> and, you know, we have homeless people everywhere, but our community here is, is whom we serve. And uh, just, again, want to thank you for opening up your doors uh, as you do to feed every night these people and to shelter them and i'm just wondering what happens when the lights go out who wants to address that (laughs) (laughs) well mostly they all hopefully they all stay asleep you know there's people up and down but mostly you just got to keep an eye on them make sure nothing happens to them or if they need something we can get to them and help them or you know if we need to call the ambulance or whatever we do it does that ever happen or happen often i should say uh maybe once every three weeks or so and things run in cycles over there sometimes so but usually it's pretty quiet during the night so that's the best time you know just keeping an eye on them well and you do a good job in intake as well you know you uh you have people there who uh uh, do a, a good but complete cursory search, and and uh, you know you don't ask questions, but certain things just don't get in the room that don't need to be there, and yeah. and you do that well. You know you, you have a lot of experience and and such, and uh, so I want to compliment you on that. But I'm I'm sure that that process makes the rest of the evening go probably a little smoother, right? Oh yeah, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it does it makes it a lot better. So. Just out of curiosity, uh, Sylvia, what, um, what, with the skill set that God gave you, what drew you to this particular ministry and, and this particular role that you're serving in right now? That's a good question. Um, I've been serving with the Salvation Army for 14 years now. Mm. Wow. I started out up in bookkeeping. Did that for about five years. Oh, bless that your was heart. my forte <laughs> yes. over the past. And then an opportunity arose where there was going to be an opening for an assistant director for the senior meals, the Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Right. So I did that for six years. But that was interesting. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The seniors were, they're wonderful people as well. And yes. um, so that's kind of how that started. Then when that program shifted over to another organization, uh, it was time to get out the old resume and after 12 years and mm, wow. <laughs> do that. And so I did that. And about two days before my last day, uh, the major and the business manager approached me and said there was an opportunity to go into one position that was opening through the Salvation Army. And I said, well, I guess this." the major said to me, he goes, you know, God is good. Doesn't want us to leave the community uh, with the family here at Salvation Army quite yet. So um, that's how I ended up at the shelter. Mm. And there is a director assistant as well. So it was another 
form of another portion of the community that I was actually helping. And I just feel blessed that I'm able to do what I can do. I'm learning all the time, which is a wonderful thing to be saying. Yes, indeed. And sharing what I've learned over the past. So I'm there, and that's what I'm doing. And how you are blessing those who who come to the center. You know, it's interesting because over the years I've always just crunched numbers. Mm. And now I have numbers that I do all the stats for every day. But along with that, I'm, I'm... blessed to be able to greet the people and talk yes, to them. And yes, amen. So. Speaking of numbers, yes. in January, <laughs> isn't it in January that they do the count, they count the homeless? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Do they, Karem, do you, do you uh, maybe you can address this. Do we do this every year? Well, um, they did it about two years ago, and then they did it again this year. They've already done it, or is it yeah, coming in up? in January. Okay. They did it in January. Did I miss January? It. Oh, it's coming up again already. <laughs> Help me. It, it generally follows December. But Thank you. You never know. I never yes. know. <laughs> I am not sure if they're going to do it this year again. I mean, next year again. So. This is the county uh, census that, yes, that they Tom take? Yes, yeah. County. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a great effort. In fact, yes. we ran across them uh, couple of times as we were scouting out graffiti sites for graffiti removal and some there's some great great people involved in that and as you go you know these community meetings where you're partnering together Mm -hmm. to serve the community you start seeing the same you know faces time and time again you know we involved some of our volunteers here at abc in that count a couple of years and um just wondering how do you see that affect your population that you interact with on a regular basis. Can you kind of enlighten us on that? Um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. How, how did the count, counting the homeless and, and how they go about that, um, the procedure they use, do you hear a lot of feedback from the people? Doug, maybe you might yeah. have some input on this. I've never done the count. <laughs> no, I but would, do you hear anybody talk about it, maybe? Anybody uh, comments? No? Not that yeah. I have. I well, um, how we did it this year, um, we were sent to many different places mm-hmm. um, from uh, basic organizations that work with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us went and, and did the count. And uh, what we did is we went to places where the homeless live the people that do not go to shelters, uh, let's say they live under a bridge, or there are certain places where they gather. Right. And so we went to those places. A lot of us were assigned to different places. We went and tried to talk to them and told them what it was about. Basically, what we needed was their name, date of birth, and social security number if they had any. Some of them wanted to give it away, some not, but the main thing was that we just got their First true letter of their last name and first true letter of their name and the date of birth. Basically, that was all we needed. So um, that's how we were able to approach them, and actually that's how we did the count, just by by doing that. So um, the shelters provided their information on how many people uh, slept there that night and people that slept on the street, and we did that type of uh, count going out to where they they stay, what's where your, they camp. What's your feeling on this? Is this helpful to us in terms of... I believe so, because yeah. that's how we learn how many homeless people mm-hmm. we have, how much is increasing mm-hmm. every year, and the need that they, they, they have. Uh, we ask them, what would they need um, 
what would they like for us to do for them? Mm -hmm. And it's an important question, yes, isn't it? And what yes. they ask is housing. That's all they ask is housing. And which is very difficult, especially now that rent is so high. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, they they know that they can go somewhere and see a doctor. They know that they can go somewhere and have a a meal. And but house, they can't really have that that easy. I mean, they can go to a shelter, but a lot of them don't like it because of um, maybe the rules, maybe too many people, maybe they just want to be alone. A lot of them are loners, yes. and. Um, so basically, that's what they need is housing. They all, that's what they ask for. Everyone, that was their answer, housing. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot yeah. of people that do come to the shelter that work or mm -hmm. go to school. Mm -hmm. They just can't afford to live mm -hmm. on their own. Yeah. So they'll go out and get a job, and they have so, many, so much money for so many hours a month, but they're still not gathered up a savings to put down on the first, the last, the rent and you know like you said again so we do have a, quite a few people mm -hmm. that are uh, working and some that are going back to school in their 30s going back to junior college or sure. trade schools mm -hmm. out, out of curiosity you know the foreclosures are running rampant mm -hmm. we're in the season of foreclosures and a lot of reasons you know for that um, but the reality is we're just dealing with a lot of people having to default on their loans, and that means if if they are landowners, if they're the property owners, that the renters get kicked out. I mean, the the banks don't let the renters stay there if they foreclose. They, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they they take the house and board it up, or they sell it and load it, whatever. Um, have you seen any bump out of that? Do you find people that have have been kind of victimized by that process, or is the are the reasons for being homeless kind of staying um, pretty pretty static? I would say pretty static. Mm -hmm. We haven't really seen anything like that yet, at okay. least. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it is interesting, and, and uh, you mentioned it uh, just a few moments ago, Sylvia. In this county, in Stanislaw County, uh, if you're hungry and, and you know how to work the system and you know where places are, you don't need to go hungry in this city, yeah. in this yeah. county. You know, there are places to yeah. go. The problem, as we've, we've identified, is shelter. Yes. You know, and that that's that's a huge issue, and one of the reasons why it's so important for us to uh, support, as as the body of Christ, what you're doing yes. in uh, in such a dynamic way. Friends, you're tuned into Lighthouse Live, and we'll be more right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. 
The very first story that Mike told about ABC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Karem, Sylvia, and Doug from the homeless shelter at 9th and D Streets in downtown Modesto. We're serving up dinner meals each and every night of the week is what is in order and uh, very much needed right now. And, uh, Sylvia, let's go through the dates that are open, if we can, because a lot of dates need to be filled, right? Yes, starting in December, our very first one that we're getting a little concerned about would be December 3rd, the 22nd, the 23rd, 24th, 27th, 
29th and 30th. Are you These marking are... your calendars at home, dear friends? <laughs> <laughs> Check your calendars and, uh, uh, you know, see if your small groups, your family. Uh, this is a great thing to involve the entire family, and we've seen people be uh, blessed uh, just over and again uh, by doing so. And let's talk about what is involved in preparing these meals and providing them because, uh, as Pastor Mike likes to say, it's everything from soup to soup to nuts. Soup to right? nuts. Yeah, everything is yes. just a, and the they're whole all thing. very grateful whenever yeah. the food they is, truly arrives. Are. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's it's thinking about what you're going to prepare, and then going out and, and purchasing it and and preparing it and, and transporting it there and serving it up and. And you can, uh, you know, give thanks for it. I just love that part of it. We usually ask everybody, grab a hand. Let's all hold hands and, and, and give thanks to the Lord for the food and serve it up. The kids love doing it, too. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just wonderful. It's a great, great experience. You know, and, and if that process seems a little daunting to you, we have many volunteers who've done this and continue to do it. Give us a call. Oh, and we'll, we'll connect do. you yes. up with people who have done it and are doing it. And you realize it, it's uh, it, it's not as daunting as you would think, although you do have to make some preparations and such. But uh, really, we we have people that'd be happy to walk you through the process and uh, and assist you with that. So give us a call, and we'd be happy to make that connection for you. And if you missed the dates that we went over, check our website out because it's posted on our website each and every day. The dates that are open that need to be filled so that these people uh, can eat and you can serve this is a uh, this is great uh, check the daily website each and every day it's on there call us here at the abc office i'd be glad to help you out uh, so just give us a call let us know now silvio what about uh, year-round operations that was something that was talked about early on is that still on the docket uh, what what are we looking at in the future oh that's our big goal yeah, that's what we yeah. would love to be able to do is to have staff available to provide services throughout the year we last summer were open during the day and they would come in around eight and leave at four and we provided movie and coffee and donuts and information if they needed it uh, we had a resource room we had a computer available oh, for my. people to go on mm. and look up job opportunities so this is what we're hoping for now you know important doug uh probably to have a place that you can call home even if it's not your own home um you know can they have mail sent there i mean oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, and talk about the importance of of this may seem simple to us, but when you're homeless, talk about the importance of having somewhere that that you can say, "Yeah, this is this is my address." Yeah, it, everybody has a lot of mail, especially a lot of these clients uh, need their IDs or social security cards or even birth certificates just mm. to get their ID. So mm. having a place where they can get their mail that's very important to them. And if they have family or something, that they have a way to contact them through us. So. Mm. They appreciate that too. So they're always coming in for it every day, <laughs> looking for mail. So, amen. Great, Karem. In addition to uh, the feedings, the nightly feedings, and donation of warm clothing at this time of the year, are there any other needs for volunteers that you may have uh, in terms of maybe helping out with sorting and and, and delivering the mail or? Uh, helping uh, volunteers to help you do certain things that need to be done at the center? Are there any things that you need? Um, Yes, I would say so. Um, Usually for the intake, we need people at 6 o'clock. When everyone comes in, 
we have to do it. Um, you know, sometimes we get intakes, new people coming in. When they go inside, they need to be searched. And um, so we need people to kind of guide them a little bit and just overlook on them. Uh, mornings, uh, we do need people for um, when they leave around between 6 to 7. Then we have the cleaning up then all the laundry that needs to be mm. done. And so where's the laundry lot- done at? Is it done on site or what, how does it? That- uh, no, the laundry, we do it at the um, at the shelter. Okay. Well, we only have one washer. So basically um, all the socks that has been exchanged during the night, um, towels that have been used, clothing that is left behind, especially the men clothing, we recycle it. And... Um, we're having a little problem with the sheets right now, too, so we'll probably have somebody to just go during the day and do the sheets, which is going to be kind of hard. But um, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll have to figure something out. Um, we have clothing, and we don't have enough staff to select the clothing during the day and put them back in the clothes closet. So um, we need a lot of help, basically. We need help for people to go out in the community and basically ask for donations. Uh, as of right now, we need uh, toiletries, which is, you know, okay. toothbrushes, toothpaste, mm-hmm. okay. and razors especially. And um, not all the time we have the funds to be able to buy all these things. So, so people have these items, particularly razors, mm-hmm. toothbrushes, toiletries, shampoos, soaps, yeah, things like that, exactly. uh, to bring them to the center. Mm-hmm. And again, the address is what, Karim? 329th Street, okay. in the corner of 9 and D. And the phone number, Doug? You get it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 525-8954. That's area code okay. 209. Yes. 525-8954. One washing machine, is that what you said? Yeah, that's you have, we have. You have 100 and some, 110, 115. Yes. I thought it was tough just having a teen and a preteen. Oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. That is really a major oh, need. Wow. Well, guys, we are truly bumping the clock here, but I uh, want to thank you very much thank for you. turning out here for us tonight, and we will definitely keep you in our prayers and encourage our volunteers to turn out there at 9th and D to volunteer and keep those meals coming. Okay? Dear friends, thank you for listening wherever you are be, uh, happen to be tonight. Join us again next week when our brother Gardal Wilson with None Forgotten Sober Living and friends from the Restoration House will be our guest here on Lighthouse Live. In the meantime, have a great week, and may God continue to bless you as you reach out and love your neighbor as you love yourselves.